Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden, New York City. Big shout-out to everybody listening in Philadelphia on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Lots to talk about, not the least of which is this big hearing that happened on Thursday night. Man, as we're kicking off the weekend, I'm going to talk about that a little bit because it was just so uh, silly in many ways, but it's it's scary to think that people go to these lengths. Now, this whole thing started because they're saying that Trump caused this and Trump caused that. And all I could think of was, you know, I remember that Trump was pretty outspoken on this stuff. And the stuff that he had to say didn't match what they were saying. Check this out. I want to be very clear. I unequivocally condemn the violence that we saw last week. Violence and vandalism have absolutely no place in our country and no place in our movement. No, so Trump is making it pretty clear, right? I think he says that he unequivocally condemns this. But yet Liz Cheney, she has a different story. Listen to her opening remarks from Thursday night's hearing. Very much, Mr. Chairman. And let me echo uh, those words about the importance of, of bipartisanship and what a tremendous honor it is to work on this committee. Mr. Chairman, at 6.01 p.m. on January 6th, after he spent hours watching a violent mob besiege, attack, and invade our capital, Donald Trump tweeted, but he did not condemn the attack. Instead, he justified it. These are the things and events that happen, he said, when a sacred landslide election victory is so unceremoniously and viciously stripped away from great patriots who've been badly and unfairly treated for so long. She forgets to mention that the sentence goes on. I'm looking at a screen capture of the tweet. And he says, badly and unfairly treated for so long. Go home with love and in peace. Remember this day forever! Exclamation point. But interestingly, Liz Cheney leaves that part out of it. Why does Liz Cheney leave it out? Well, because she's trying to tell a story that's one-sided. She's trying to make it look like Trump didn't do that. And yes, this tweet did come out at 6.01, but this was after he had released a video, and this was after he put out another tweet at 12-something. I forget the time, but I saw the timeline in the Washington Post. It shows it was 23 minutes after the initial breach, once he was done speaking. Because again, the initial breach happened while he was still giving a speech. So I think it's important that people realize what actually happened, and we can't just fall for these people's lies. I understand the case that they're trying to make. They're trying to say, you know what, it's very dangerous to have someone like Donald Trump in office because this guy didn't do enough. They expect the president of the United States to go over there and jump in front of them and say, stop, stop in the name of the law. I mean, this is not what's happening. If there's a violent incursion, they're going to put this guy in the bunker because that's what they do with a president when there's any type of violence going on. 
Now, not the least of which of what we have to discuss today is everybody's seen these videos. And if you haven't, you should spend a little bit of time online looking at them. The police going and signaling people, waving them in, letting them into the building. Now, look, I'm never here to put down the cops. But if you have a handful of cops that are under orders to make something happen or to let people in to, you know, say whatever it is, we have to call it what it is. But that's Liz Cheney. But yet again, we have El Trompito, Donaldus Magnus. Listen to this. I know you're pain. I know you're hurt. We had an election that was stolen from us. It was a landslide election, and everyone knows it, especially the other side. But you have to go home now. We have to have peace. We have to have law and order. We have to respect our great people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. It's a very tough period of time. There's never been a time like this where such a thing happened, where they could take it away from all of us, from me, from you, from our country. This was a fraudulent election, but we can't play into the hands of these people. We have to have peace. What's that? You have to have peace. Fascinating. Now, for the sake of context, I'm going to let the president continue. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel. But go home and go home in peace. Now, that is what he put on video the day of the attack. So first he comes out with a tweet, says, hey, go home. Then he comes out with this video, says, go home. Then at night, he puts out another tweet that says, go home. Never forget what happened. Time to go. Right. So three times he calls for them to go home. And this is in the Washington Post. No friend of Donaldus Magnus El Trompito, the 45th president of these United States. So what is it that we're to believe and uh, expect from them? If the evidence is there that he told these people to go home. Now, some people are saying, Rich, he's speaking tongue in cheek. You've got to be smarter than that. You've got to realize that he wanted these people to go in there and hang Mike Pence. Presuming that he did, just presuming that he did, good luck proving it. Because I'll ask you this. Has somebody actually convicted Trump of any type of crime? No, of course not. It hasn't happened. And he's not in office anymore. They said, well, when he leaves office, he's leaving in handcuffs. No, that didn't happen. He's free as a bird. And, and I'm not saying that he did do it and, you know, because you can't prove it, it didn't happen. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying that even if that were the case, there would be evidence of that and he'd be in trouble. The reality is when people do things that they do, it's on them, not on Trump. That's just the bottom line. It's like when Biden starts blaming everything on Putin. No, it's not Putin's fault. It's your fault. And I, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but if anybody is just tuning in for the first time, please don't get sucked into, like Schumer would say, the whirlwind. <laughs> Don't get sucked into the whirlwind of drama coming out of Washington, where you have Liz Cheney and, and uh, Mr. Thompson and the rest of these people making the case. Even Ivanka Trump, they splice up her comments to say whatever, and Trump has even commented on that. He uh, made it very clear saying that, you know what, she wasn't involved in looking at or studying the election results. And this is a, a quote from him. This is, you know, he says, Ivanka Trump was not involved in looking at or studying election results. That's from Trump uh, platform Truth Social. She had long since checked out and was, in my opinion, only trying to be respectful to Bill Barr and his position as attorney general. Right. And it goes on to put a parenthetical because he sucked. <laughs> so this is because Liz Cheney wants to say that Trump said, you know, oh, he had it coming to him or he deserved it. 
Again, now, if these are comments that he makes off the cuff in private and somebody says those things, you, you have to be here, a, a fly on the wall, to hear the things that people in radio say when the mic goes off. People are allowed to vent. You're not the only one that gets to flip the bird at somebody and yell at somebody when you're in your car or go home and complain about how somebody cut you off or what kind of jerks you work with. Everybody has that right. It doesn't mean you get to go to jail if something bad happens to these people or if these people go and do something at the Capitol. Moreover, who are these people at the Capitol? Who are these people that help to organize things and to move barricades and to help with the, you know, funneling people and telling people to go into the building when that, in fact, wasn't allowed? Obviously, these are professional instigators, whoever they were. There's an article in the Epic Times that says that they've confirmed 20 different FBI sources were on the ground. So, yeah, they've locked up all these people in, very, in, in a very heavy-handed way, in my opinion. But we have to look at this and say, did the FBI have a hand in this? Did they have a hand in doing this the way they had a hand in the plot to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of Michigan? Because they did. And that came out when they looked into that. Because apparently that's how the FBI works. And if you've ever seen that movie, White Boy Rick, you can get a good example of it. The kid's doing pretty much nothing. He's in, he's in, the, in the ghetto. And they say, oh, come here. We want you to start selling drugs. No, he's like, I don't want to sell drugs. No, no, we're going to protect you. If you get caught, we'll get you out of jail. We need you to become our drug dealer. And for those of you who've seen White Boy Rick, you understand exactly how that works. Now, I don't want to paint the FBI with a broad brush and say that they're all bad guys. That's a technique that law enforcement utilizes that not everybody does. The feds have a lot more leeway with that. But my point is, if you take that and you use it for good, you have to have discretion in life, just like the FISA court. It has some sort of purpose. And now, after looking at the abuse of it, I'd say, you know what, who cares what the legitimate purpose of it is? I think it's fair enough to say we should probably just abolish the whole thing. No more FISA court. And the same thing with, with some of these practices where we're like Obama and Holder arming the cartel and giving them guns, then getting caught and saying, oh, no, 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 that wasn't us. But all evidence pointed back at them. The, the government does things that they oftentimes shouldn't do, but we also oftentimes don't have all of the details. But in this situation, we have as much detail as we need. It's pretty open and shut. Somebody organized uh, an event to, to antagonize people and instigate some sort of incursion at the Capitol. Because they knew they'd have 500 to 800,000 disaffected, feeling, unhappy voters that were just upset. They're up in arms. So they say, you know what, we're going to take these people. And we're going to try and, you know, rile them up a little bit like you would to like a puppy pit bull. Get them all excited so that they can get a little more aggressive. And they start, to, you know, they start foaming at the mouth and they're all, and now you got them all excited. Now, many people, many and most if, there, if the count of half a million people was right, or 200,000, or 800,000, whatever number you want to pick, if that number was right, and only 800 people were arrested, and several were let go, and, and it's such a small number compared to this larger number. So clearly the vast majority of people were not like CNN, mostly peaceful, but they actually were mostly peaceful. Nobody came with a gun, nobody came to kill anybody. And it's been pointed out a million times, the only person that was killed that day was the woman that was killed by the Capitol Police. Other people died as a result. One woman got trampled, then later on died of her injuries. Horrible story. And I, I think that's atrocious. And I think she died the next day. And if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong and two people died. Uh, ultimately, there was five deaths that they tried to attribute to this, and they tried to say several were cops because a couple of guys committed suicide later. Well, if you want to blame that on this, okay, look, you can. I'm, I'm, I'm open to having that discussion. But the reality was it wasn't like somebody came there and killed these people. Now, I did see the videos where people came and they were trampling cops and they were pushing them with, with those um, barriers, those uh, steel barriers. 
the behavior wasn't appropriate. We shouldn't do that stuff. And if you're going to, if you have a grievance with the government, you do it a different way. I don't think that's the way to do it. Uh, if I'm going to condemn BLM and the rest of those people in Antifa, uh, there's no reason I'm going to sit here and go, no, but if you're MAGA, it's okay. If you got your, you know, your, your Patriot hat on, then you should have your flak vest on. Yeah, go for it. Go after the Capitol cops. Now, I'm not going to say that. I'm never going to condone that. I don't think that's right. And I don't think it really it brings anything about. If anything, we need to, to fill up our town halls with with angry people with pitchforks and torches and let people know we're not having it anymore. Show up with strengths and numbers and, and have that leverage so people could see the strength that the people have. But this blame it all on Trump and these these lies to twist it up to make him a bad guy because they see that he's got so much gravitas that they see that he, he actually said, I'll run a three or four year campaign for president and I got a shot of winning. And he's still doing great in the polls and he still fills up every stadium. So they have no answers anymore. They have to say, oh, it's because they're all white supremacists. And, you know, that's a very strong, raw emotion. These people hate anybody that's not white. They're afraid that whiteness is going to disappear. So they all get, it's like a big clan rally. But then you show the camera and you see the black guy, you see the other guy, you see guys like me. Everybody's there. He's, oh, my gosh, that doesn't make sense. You guys must be the black face and brown face of white supremacy. And one excuse after the next. And it's a shame that that's how it went down, but it is. But anyway... Uh, on Thursday night, I had the uh, the good pleasure of interviewing a couple of people that had intimate knowledge of this stuff. Roger Stone, who was there uh, and gave a speech and was blamed for this stuff and for inciting the riot. He joined me on the Jim Bohannon show. And I have a, a clip of that that I'm going to play for you guys. And after that, we got some legal analysis from former Attorney General Matthew Whitaker. So it was really great to, to hear from those guys. And I will play a clip or two of those uh, if we have the audio ready. I will. If not, then you can check it out. I'll tweet it out. And it's not hard to find Jim Bohannon show. Thursday night, that immediately following that hearing, fiasco, show trial, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I think their analysis was really important and, uh, and poignant at the same time, very sharp and very clear. So we're going to do all of that straight ahead. We're also going to get into a little bit of a discussion on guns. What happened? The latest news coming out of Uvalde. The cops knew, but they couldn't find a key. I don't even understand that story. We'll go through it together. More to come straight ahead. Rich Valdez, this is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. 
This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, welcome back. And I've been filling in for the great Jim Bohannon, a nationally syndicated talk show host. And I had the opportunity to interview a couple of people regarding this January 6th committee. And I want to bring it to you. So take a listen to this. One of them was one of the first people that was actually uh, arrested as part of the the Russia thing. And I mean, he's been involved in everything. And we're going to let him tell his story. Advisor to President Trump, Roger Stone, longtime confidant to President Trump. Uh, Roger Stone, welcome to the program. Rich, I'm glad to be with you. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. I wanted to bring you on because obviously I think you have a unique perspective, not only of these hearings and the genesis of these hearings, but on everything that they're doing. Because as a longtime political observer, I think you have a kind of a bird's eye view into how corrupt things have gotten and how far away from where they once were. So let's talk a little bit about you had the displeasure of being arrested. And not only were you arrested by the FBI, but it was like a planned event. CNN was ready to go to film you when this happened. Could we start there? Tell us a little bit about sure, how that went an, down. That's an excellent place to start. Just to, to remind everybody, um, I was convicted of lying to Congress about Russian collusion that we now know indisputably didn't happen. So mm-hmm. no misstatement I made to Congress uh, was material, was relevant, or hid any underlying crime. The judge specifically said you were convicted of covering up for Donald Trump. Covering up exactly what? Exactly what? Because there is no, was no Russian collusion. The Steele dossier, which, uh, on which the entire investigation was based, turned out to be fraudulent. The idea that the Russians conducted an online act of the Democratic National Committee, and that, that data went from me to, from them to me to the Trumps. There was no online hack. There is no evidence of that. The so-called crowd strikes memo, which was denied to my attorneys at trial. We now know why, because it doesn't contain any evidence of a online Russian hack, because there never was one. So, uh, yeah, what you say is absolutely true. I was arrested at 6.06 in the morning. At 6.11, a CNN correspondent sent my attorney a copy of my sealed indictment. It was wow. sealed until 9.30 that morning. So how did CNN have that? Had no court markings on it, had no timestamp on it. But what it did have in the metadata tags was the initials of the man who wrote it, Andrew Weissman, the the de facto head of the Mueller investigation. Just to be clear, Rich, the leaking of the execution timing of a search or arrest warrant is a felony. So CNN was guilty of a felony. Weissman is guilty of a felony. CNN later got an award for their deductive investigative reporting. No, they got a tip. Uh, And uh, 29 FBI agents brandishing fully automatic uh, M4 assault weapons uh, arriving in 17 armored vehicles, government helicopter overhead, uh, two boats, cost you, the taxpayers, $1.1 million. For the first time, nonviolent crime of lying to Congress, a white-collar crime, seems a bit obsessive to me. If the idea was to intimidate me, it didn't. Um, I pled not guilty. Uh, as you know, I maintain my in- innocence. And when you read that I'm a convicted felon, That's not true either, because an unconditional presidential pardon, which I received in Christmas two years ago, erases that conviction. The whole thing was a political fraud. You see more of that today. 
why is there nobody in this hearing seemed to be interested in how much law enforcement knew about the violence at the Capitol before the fact? Why is there no focus on what the FBI and uh, Antifa and what other, what other provocateurs were doing on that day? But why is there no interest in why the Capitol was unpredict- unprotected? Nancy Pelosi was offered National Guard troops and she turned it down. I'll tell you why. Tonight's hearing is kabuki theater. It's all one-sided. You have seven Democrats and two Trump-hating Republicans, kind of like the Senate Watergate hearings. It's all theater. It's trying to get you to forget your gas prices, your food shortages, your, uh, your, your, your next threatened pandemic lockdown. And the fact that we just shipped $40, million, $40 billion to Ukraine, but we can't spend $5.7 million to shut down our border where fentanyl is coming across every day. Put it this way. No one's going to watch this and forget that fentanyl is plentiful today while baby formula is hard to find. Now, Roger Stone, just to, to go back again, you said 17 armored vehicles at this 6 a.m. You know, pre-dawn raid at your home. Now, I'm supposing here that or I'm going to make the presumption that you live in a fortress in a very armored, gated area and you have your own large private security team. And that's why they brought so many people. Yeah, it was me and my 73 year old wife and two dogs. Uh, uh, no, I lived, uh, I lived at that time, uh, in a, in a nice house, uh, on a suburban street in Fort Lauderdale. I no longer live there, uh, because once CNN showed the front of the house with the number of the house, I had every nut job in the world ringing the front door a day and night, people camping on my front yard. Uh, you know, it's taking on the entire federal government. It's very expensive and debilitating for two and a half years. My wife and I were vilified, smeared, gagged. That's the worst part. Let's be very clear. They mm-hmm. want to gag Peter Navarro now. Where yeah. does it say when you're, when you're accused of a crime, you give up your First Amendment right to defend yourself? It's completely unconstitutional. This is a mistake that my attorneys made. If the judge issues a gag order against Navarro, Navarro's attorneys must appeal it immediately to the district court, and in D.C. they will uphold it. Then they need to appeal it immediately to the U.S. Supreme Court. It's a it's a key issue. Nowhere does it say when you're accused of a crime, you 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 lose the right to publicly defend yourself because CNN and The Washington Post will be they will be they will be uh, uh, tainting the jury pool every day. Navarro must have the ability to defend himself. It's only fair. Yeah, I agree with that 100 percent. Now, I know that. So many people, uh, obviously, you said this is kabuki theater, and and I agree with that, uh, but I think there's more to it. I think that they're really trying, if they're going to arrest people that are friends, confidants, advisors to President Trump in his circle, and Peter Navarro, Roger Stone, right, if that's actually going to happen, and you're, we're talking about sucking concrete, right, you know, hands behind your back, face to the floor. Well, let's be very very clear. There's no allegation whatsoever against me other than guilt by association. Exactly my point. Donald Trump. Yes, I have. I have come in contact with some of those people who have been charged. That proves nothing. By the way, if anybody just wants to flatly say that I was involved in the violence on January 6th, I'll, I will sue them so fast their head will spin. <laughs> Good. That's my next question. There's, there is just nothing to that. Uh, I see guilt by association every day. Twitter is a sewer of hatred, just a sewer of hatred. So, now, Roger Stone, uh, let me ask you this real yep. quick, because we have a break coming up. But. You say that it's theater, and I agree with that, but I think that there's more to it because they tried to, and not tried, they did criminally prosecute you. 
I believe they're doing this in an effort to criminally prosecute Donald Trump to prevent him from ever running again. Do you think I'm onto something or no? I think that's right on the money. On the other hand, what they're going to try to say is that Trump's words cause people to take action. I, I don't I haven't seen any place where the, where, the, where the president advocated violence. I haven't seen that. In fact, I've seen the exact opposite. Yeah. A hundred percent. Now, you, you mentioned this before, and it was a great lead into this, because there, there are critics out there that are saying that you, Trump, Rudy Giuliani, uh, others, uh, you guys are the ones that incited this whole thing. What do you say to that? Uh, I say that I exercise my First Amendment right to question the accuracy of the election. I have an absolute constitutional right to do that. Uh, I also uh, believe that anyone had the constitutional right to gather peacefully in Washington, D.C. But they're trying to criminalize constitutionally protected political speech. You're, you're entitled to hold that opinion. Now, I did favor a 10-day delay in the certification of the Electoral College so the anomalies and the irregularities in the seven swing states, which do exist, by the way, could be more carefully examined. By the way, Hillary Clinton took the exact same position mm -hmm. in 2016, and no one sought to arrest her or charge her with a crime. Right. As did honesty, Al Gore, who took it even further yeah, it, in twenty in two thousand. I mean, in, in all honesty, putting Liz Cheney's face on TV cost them twenty points. When when this hearing is over, the generic ballot for Congress will be unchanged. If this is what the Democrats have to run on, we'll run on grass prices. We'll run on food shortages. We'll we'll run on shipping forty billion dollars uh, to Ukraine when we can't afford to house uh, seven hundred and. 370,000 homeless veterans in this country. Uh, I don't think this works, frankly, politically. I want you to listen to this clip because Liz Cheney has, has been saying a lot of things. And one of the things she's saying is that there was a, a coup attempt, a plan. I don't know. Listen to this. On the morning of January 6th, President Donald Trump's intention was to remain president of the United States despite the lawful outcome of the 2020 election and in violation of his constitutional obligation to relinquish power. Over multiple months, Donald Trump oversaw and coordinated a sophisticated seven-part plan to overturn the presidential election and prevent the transfer of presidential power. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Roger Stone, but I believe that if you're in an election and you, you disagree with it and whatnot, and there's a plan to, to talk about it, fix it, whatever it is going to be, uh, you have a right to challenge these things. And the fact that he's, he's making a case saying, look, I think this is, this is not right. We ha need to have an audit. We need to wait. We need to do this and the other thing. Uh, is, is that a crime? No, I don't, I don't believe it is. But by the way, first of all, Liz needs to have another drink. Secondarily, <laughs> uh, let's see evidence of the seven-part plan. Uh, when when those on the left tell you that all of the claims of fraud in the last election have been rejected by the courts, that's incorrect. They were never heard by the courts. The cases were never heard by the courts. They rejected hearing the cases, meaning, from my point of view, overwhelming evidence of fraud. Let's just take one example. More people voted in the city of Philadelphia than are registered to vote. Undisputed mm -hmm. fact. So okay. tell me there's no fraud. We have precincts in Philadelphia where substantially more people voted there are registered to vote. Or Arizona. The number of people over the age of 100 who voted is pretty, uh, pretty big. So you have, in state after state, in these audits, I think enough evidence of fraud uh, and irregularities and anomalies that no court 
no regulatory body, no legislative body has ever actually examined. By the way, I don't claim that the election was stolen. I also don't claim that it wasn't stolen. I claim we don't know because it was never adjudicated in any fair forum. Uh, but to say that uh, there was that there was uh, a seven part plan, I'm anxious to see the other six parts, because all I think you've got are words, meaning Trump or and his supporters have an absolute right to question the the uh, the integrity of the election. They also had the right to ask for a delay in the certification of the electoral vote, as Hillary Clinton and John Podesta did in 2016, as Al Gore did in 2000, but we didn't call them criminals. So what is this really about? It's really about trying to disqualify Donald Trump as a presidential candidate again in 2024. I mean, the Democrats can't run on gas prices. They can't run, they can't run on food shortages. They can't run on a robust economy. So uh, this, I guess, is very, it's very much like the Senate Watergate hearings, which was a stacked process. Uh, very similar to this, in which no defense is allowed to be given. Uh, and just the fact that the make of this makeup of this committee does not have any Trump supporters, I think, shows people that it's kind of a kabuki theater. Now, when we look at this, right, and you made a great comparison, and I wasn't around for Watergate, but you were. And from what I understand, it was a big sham. History teaches us that. Would you say that this is a bigger sham or just as bad? Uh, I think, uh, again, I think that there's a giant leap here. What they're trying to say, uh, and let me be very clear, any claim or assertion or implication that I knew about, was involved in, or condoned any illegal act at the Capitol on January 6th or any other place on any other date is categorically false. And there is no email, text message, encrypted message, witness to the contrary. This was actually politically counterproductive. I was in favor of a peaceful protest. I was in favor of a 10-day delay in the certification of the election of Biden so that the votes could be more closely examined. Don't believe that that is seditious or treasonous or illegal. Breaking into the Capitol, that's idiocy. That's counterproductive. And people who did that should be prosecuted. But unless they can prove that Donald Trump told them explicitly to do that, and I don't think that evidence exists because he did not, then they're trying to say that his words, and I still don't even think he ever said it publicly and it urged anybody to violence, caused the violence. I think he, I think he exercised his First Amendment rights. Just don't think that that's criminal. Uh, this, is, uh, this is all designed at him, and they have yet, yet to show a link to him. We constantly talk about the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers and so on, uh, if they were involved in a criminal conspiracy, well, then they should be prosecuted. Show me how Trump was involved in that conspiracy with them, other than to call on uh, the Congress to delay the certification of the uh, of the Electoral College. I also want to talk about Trump's comments. I mean, Trump was very clear. You said he made no no public comment, but the public comments that he did make were exactly to the contrary. You know, go home, go home peacefully, and we'll play that audio. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Today we will see whether Republicans stand strong for integrity of our elections 
but whether or not they stand strong for our country. These people can't admit that Donald Trump, who'd never been involved in politics before, beat Hillary Clinton because she was overconfident. He out-campaigned her and outworked her, and the people were tired of the criminality of the Clinton crime family. Well, as you know, Congress has no authority to prosecute anybody. Right. Uh, they can investigate, but they can't charge. Uh, we will see at the end of the day whether they produce a chargeable crime against Donald Trump, because that is where I think the purpose of this is. And then we'll see if the highly politicized Biden Justice Department brings charges against Trump that would eliminate him as a presidential candidate in 2024. And nobody's giving the other side of the story. That's why we've got Roger Stone here now. And uh, in the next hour, we're going to have former Attorney General Matt Whitaker. He's going to be joining us for some legal analysis. But Roger Stone, I guess in about a half a minute or so, just give us your final thought. Well, I guess my final thought is a salute to you, Rich, because it's important in this age of Internet censorship. Read an incredible story in The New York Post today about YouTube taking down a video in which one of the rioters was interviewed about why he was there. But Mm. during it, he expressed his opinion that the election may have been fraudulent. Um, And therefore, even expressing that view is subject to censorship. So uh, I salute you and this show for showing both sides of the coin, both sides of every argument. So I salute you for having the courage to cover this tonight and cover it fairly. Thank you, sir. And Godspeed to you. God bless you, you and your wife. I appreciate everything you're doing for America and everything you're doing to tell the truth. Roger Stone, everybody. Amen. All right, straight ahead, we're going to be with Attorney General Matt Whitaker. It's Rich Valdez. This is America. The 45th President, Donald Trump, thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good, Mr. Call Screener. Yeah. It's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. I want to get into my conversation with former United States Attorney General. Uh, He was acting Attorney General after Sessions. He was Chief of Staff at the Department of Justice before that. The guy has a wealth of knowledge. He knows his stuff. Attorney General Matthew Whitaker, welcome to the program. Rich, how are you tonight? And I know you just came off of a flight, so uh, we do appreciate it, and so does the audience. Now, there's a whole lot of everything that's been going on. Uh, I want to play a short clip of audio for you from Liz Cheney from earlier today, because I want to get your reaction to it. Listen to this. Mr. Chairman, at 6.01 p.m. on January 6th, after he spent hours watching a violent mob besiege, attack, and invade our capital, Donald Trump tweeted... But he did not condemn the attack. Instead, he justified it. So I love to play these clips of audio because I want everybody to hear both sides of the story. And obviously nobody could give another side of the story because the the witnesses were all against Trump. (laughs) They were pro-committee. The committee doesn't have anybody. There's no balance on this committee. There's two Republicans that weren't appointed by the Republicans or at least by the Republican leader. So we have uh, this this vacuum of of dissent and enter Matt Whitaker. So, General, help us make sense of her comments and your thoughts. So unfortunately, I watched that first hour and I saw her speech and that was less exciting just listening to the audio than it was to see the video. I mean, it was it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and so, let's you know, that's just like the, the optics of it. I thought some Hollywood producer was coming in to make it more interesting. 
I, uh, you know, you know, all seriousness, Rich, I think, uh, I think they, they failed miserably in trying to accomplish uh, what their goal was, was to get people hooked uh, to this as their winning message in November. It was really painful to watch. Obviously, um, you know, political violence should never be condoned and 800 plus people have been charged with various crimes and, you know, they should have been because uh, what would happen on January 6th is not acceptable. And it's not part of, you know, our political discourse, but at the same time, you know, this, this uh, show trial where there was no opposition, no cross-examination of witnesses, one side was able to, pr- to present their evidence according to their narrative without any, you know, opposition. It was, it was really, um, I don't think it served the American people's interests, and it seems like a massive waste of time, especially all the things we're facing as a country right now. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think it was unfair. And and tell us, I guess, from your perspective as as an attorney and, and really, moreover, as as a former attorney general, what do you make of this? This supposed to be a legislative proceeding, right? It's supposed to be something that helps us to have oversight over the laws that they make and oversight over the executive branch. But it, it seems like it doesn't achieve any of those goals. We don't get any closer to the truth on what actually happened and why it's happening. It just seems like some sort of indictment of Donald Trump. You're right. And, and Rich, what really should be being discussed are the security and the intelligence failures that allowed it to happen in the first place. I mean, I, I, like I said, political violence is never acceptable, but there were plenty of warning signs that something was about to happen uh, in the days leading up to January 6th. Uh, and I don't think that the people that were in charge of the security of the Capitol took it seriously enough or had the assets necessary um, to prevent it from happening. You know, and I just, you know, I just, I cannot um, emphasize enough that it is hypocritical for people on the left to fixate on January 6th and at the same time not condemn in the same breath and voice what happened in the summer of 2020. Uh, you know, the, 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 whether it was the White House that was under siege and all the fires and the, and the officers that were injured defending the White House during that time or what happened out, you know, west in Portland where the federal courthouse for over 60 days was under assault. Um, you know, these, all these examples are, should not be tolerated and should be condemned. And this is what the, uh, you know, this, this committee should be working on is stemming political violence. And we see it as recently as the assassination attempt on Judge Kavanaugh. I mean, all these things are related and it's mostly um, being perpetuated by radicals on the left. Uh, that are stoking, you know, the the, the political uh, emotions of the American people. Yeah, you know, and you bring up a, a really good point with with uh, both the assassination attempt on Kavanaugh and the summer of love, where you know there were no shortage of Molotov cocktails going around, and that violence seemed to be rather acceptable to a lot of people because it was you know done in the name of whatever they were preaching, right? Whether it was in the name of BLM, it was the name of equity, in the name of whatever. And it's it's fascinating to see how that juxtaposition plays out where now, you know, they're blaming somebody for violence when he basically said, go home and peacefully go home. And even if even if in a moment of and I'm not saying he did, but just if I if I say what a schmuck, you know, you know, I'd like to kick this guy's butt. 
and then somebody goes and kicks that guy's butt. Am I supposed to be now the, the guy that, that gets in trouble for this? I mean, if you want to investigate it, go right ahead. But at the end of the day, I didn't do anything to that guy. I didn't ask anybody to do anything to that guy. I didn't really intimate for, for this violence to happen. And I think that was very clear on Trump. Trump always talked about fighting and fight, fighting like hell, you know, and being tough, tough as hell. And, and, yeah. and all of yeah. these, these, these are sayings. I mean, I'm a New Yorker. He's a New Yorker. I, I get him. I think maybe that's part of why I, I really don't see so much of what Liz Cheney sees. <laughs> maybe when yeah. you're from Wyoming, you, you see things a little bit differently, but you're from Iowa. Well, How do you I'm see not that? a New Yorker. So, yeah, I, well, I'm not a New Yorker. I know a lot of New Yorkers and they're all about fighting and toughness. In fact, one person once told me that sometimes you kick New York City's butt and sometimes it kicks your butt on a daily basis. So <laughs> that's true. Um, you know, I haven't lived there, but I have heard that is the experience. Um, you know, listen, I, I want to get back to one thing, Rich, that I think is so important yeah. is, you know, every piece of evidence that was presented today um, was was unopposed. And in, in several instances, it was it was the, the, the rules of evidence would have never allowed it in a court of law. For example, the letter that that this uh, the assistant attorney general for the environmental division wrote uh, that never was mailed, that was never delivered, um, was somehow used as a piece of evidence to suggest that there was some untoward, you know, attempt uh, to, 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 you know, uh, to undermine the Republic. And, you know, I think this is the thing is, is that, you know, what the violence that happened on January 6th should be condemned. It should not have happened, but the transfer of power happened on January 20th. And so a lot of this is a exploration in the theoretical to some extent. And I, I think the American people just are facing so many other issues like inflation and the, and, and just, you know, the lack of having baby formula available for, for their children and so many other issues that to see taxpayer money wasted and, 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 and quite frankly, you know, Congress can't do more than one thing. We, they've proven this time and time again. And so they are all fixated on this issue. Even though nine members are on the committee, you know, the entire Congress, this is all they can fixate on and all they're talking about and, and all they're trying to raise money on now. You know, I've already seen the solicitations go out from the DCCC trying to raise money on this issue. And so this is all they have. This is their note. They are like a guitar player that can only play a G chord. This is all they have. We keep hearing G, 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 G. <laughs> They're like a broken record. And folks, we're on with uh, former acting attorney general Matt Whitaker. And again, acting because it was impossible to get anybody confirmed when during the Trump administration, there were so many acting officials because the Democrats were well, just the president obstructing acting. That's pretty yeah. liked his acting. He once said famously. So, yeah, well, because he didn't have to face the opposition. <laughs> and yeah. it was a smart move. I, again, Matt Whitaker, former attorney general of the United States. He was a terrific guest. He knows the topics. I thank them for coming on. That was a clip from the full hour-long interview that I did. You can check that out. I'll put that out on social media, at Rich Valdez with an S. The wrap-up is coming straight up. You're listening to Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. He's making podcasting great again. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, everybody, welcome back. And uh, that's about everything I've got, except for some final thoughts that I wanted to share with you, because 
You know, we're looking at this this crazy committee, and again, that'll come and go. I think uh, ultimately, it's not going to be the big deal that they're expecting it to be, and that's fine. I mean, it's an, another political stunt, but to me, I, I guess uh, I get my uh, shorts in a bunch <laughs> over the fact that they're really destroying the fabric of the republic. That what it was intended to be, using the system to destroy the system, trying to use the law to break the law. And, oh, by the way, if you want to check out the full interview with Attorney General Matt Whitaker, the full hour-long interview will be in the podcast feed, as well as the full hour-long interview with Roger Stone, unedited. You guys could hear it there. I will make sure that gets in there um, in the next day or two. So just... Uh, Keep your eye out for that. Follow me on social media at Rich Valdez with an S at Rich Valdez on all of the social media platforms. And thank you for the reviews and all the kind words and kind comments and for sharing the show. Without you, it doesn't grow. And these are things that if they continue to go unchecked, we can't continue to survive the way we once did. Because there once was a time where, you know, you had some bad people. But, you know, the, the bad politicians would kind of get rooted out. They'd get caught. They'd go to jail. But it seems the corruption has run amok. It's rampant. It's it's every last person. And, and again, I don't mean to indict every single politician, but I think the majority of people in Washington engage in corruption. The majority of people there are not looking out for the American people. It doesn't mean that when they got elected, they they weren't sincere. I believe they were. But I believe they get to a place where there's nothing they can do but. And that's where the problem lies. And that's why now they're looking at disarming the American population. We're looking at shortages on certain foods we're looking at all sorts of different problems that we really shouldn't have problems that were created by this administration and others this is a blanket criticism it's a blanket critique and a blanket call for action for every last person to figure out a way that they can contribute and start contributing that way whether it's with money with time with making signs doing a radio show doing a tv show start a streaming program do something Make a T-shirt, sell a T-shirt. I don't care what you do. I just want everybody to be motivated and to be active because if we stand for nothing, we'll fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. That's Hamilton and Sir Edmund Burke. So what are we going to do? It's time for some action. Until the next time, America, hasta la próxima. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com.